Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Year. Happy Pride Life. Yeah. Is this real life? Yeah, this is real life. Transgender children. You are beautiful. You are heard. You belong. You're understood. You are loved. Yeah! Are we topless at the White House? Yeah, this is real life. The bravest and most inspiring people I've ever known. Why is this happening to me? Is this going to be forever? No. No, it won't be forever. Marriage is between a man and a woman, and states must respect that. <laughs> Yes, this is real life. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. It is June 19th, 2023. We're live streaming on Rumble Locals and YouTube. Subscribe if you have not. And if you want to join us for the post-game show, you can ask me questions. You can offer up comments. You can correct me and more. RubinReport.Locals.com. You know, that cold open that we just played, that kid, that was one of like the first viral internet videos that, that I think maybe I ever saw. It's, I don't know. It's from 15 years ago or something, uh, this kid, I think his name was David, is this real life? He had uh, been drugged by the dentist, obviously had a tooth removed or something, and it was one of just those first great, beautiful internet moments. You know, when the internet used to be fun, that sort of thing, before it became political and angry and everybody fighting about everything and all that stuff. Uh, but we have a tremendous show for you. I am just back from uh, Nevada. Over the weekend, I was outside Reno at the Corley Ranch doing an event with Governor DeSantis. It was really, really awesome. I think we just have two pictures. They were going to send us some pictures on the fly. So these are just iPhone pictures. Uh, that's me. Look at that. I mean, just absolutely gorgeous. This is about 45 minutes outside of Reno. There were a couple thousand people there. The line was about a mile to get in. Uh, there's Governor DeSantis a little bit afterwards and just talking about freedom and the blueprint and all that good stuff. Steve Cortez was there, Adam Laxall, a couple other people. It was just great. And then afterwards, uh, I was hanging out with, uh, with some fans and people, whatever. And then a whole bunch of guys were like, hey, you want to go to the oldest bar in Nevada? I think, if I'm not mistaken, this bar was founded in 1831. It was basically, you know, on the way as the prospectors were making their way to California to get the gold. They were opening up bars and pubs and saloons and whatever, and uh, had uh, some seriously uh, intense drinks with the locals over there. Ugh! But I'm hydrated and ready to roll. Uh, if you were not paying attention over the weekend, something really, I think an actual seminal moment, a moment that might live in internet history forever happened. Uh, I'm gonna get you caught up on what it was. It's of course the theme for today's program. Uh, Joe Rogan got into it on Twitter uh, with this guy, Dr. Peter Hotez. Now, Dr. Peter Hotez uh, has been a proponent of vaccines for many, many years. He's written books about vaccines. He's been on Rogan's program a couple times and he went after Rogan on Twitter for having Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on his show. Now, we showed you some clips of RFK Jr. on Rogan's show last week. And RFK Jr., of course, he's fighting pharmaceutical companies and the vaccine makers. Uh, he's really doing a lot of things, basically just by being a roughly sane person that put him outside of what the mainstream Overton window is, but also really out, outside of what the Democrats can accept. So anyway, Hotez 
went after Rogan, even though he's been on Rogan's show several times, for having someone that he disagrees with, RFK, on the show, and basically was calling for Spotify to give Rogan the boot over misinformation. And then all hell broke loose on Twitter. Elon Musk got involved, Andrew Tate got involved. Millions of dollars were raised to, to a, well, were potentially raised so that these guys would have a debate. We'll see what happened. I got in the mix of it. It was, it was wacky, it was wild. It actually made the internet fun for a brief moment. But the reason I wanna cover it today and why we're framing the show around it is because what do I tell you guys all the time? The truth is a time release pill. And what is happening more and more and more these days is as more people wake up to reality, as the censorious machine loses some degree of control by say Elon Musk having Twitter and people being able to share their thoughts and all of that kind of stuff and, and Rumble being out there and everything else, uh, that time release pill, which used to be like years, right? Like they could lie and it would take us years to debunk. It's that window is getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And the shorter it gets, the crazier everyone gets because it's lie, debunk, lie, debunk, lie, debunk, as opposed to, oh, that thing happened a while ago. Now we kind of know the truth. It's happening in real time now. And I think there's, uh, there's something, something brewing that might actually be good. So anywho, that is what we will be talking about today. But first I wanna talk to you people about meat. Uh, do you guys know that 60% of U.S. pork production comes from one company owned by the Chinese? I know you know that. And their hogs are given something called ractopamine, which is banned in 160 countries, including China, yet you find it in your grocery aisle every day. Guys, there's a better way. I want to tell you about Moink. That is moo plus oink. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. You choose the meat delivered in every box, like ribeyes, to chicken breasts, to pork chops, to salmon fillets, and much more. You can cancel any time, and I gotta tell you, there is nothing better than cooking my meats on the big green egg on a Friday evening. Shark Tank host Kevin O'Leary called Moink's bacon the best bacon he's ever tasted, and they guarantee you'll say, oink, oink, I'm just so happy I got Moinked. Keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash Ruben right now. And listeners of this show get a free filet mignon in every order for a year. That's one of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste, but for a limited time, M-O-I-N-K box.com slash Ruben, moinkbox.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. I felt that was a particularly good read today for the Moink Box. All right. So let's talk about this Rogan Hotez RFK brouhaha. Uh, we will start with a clip from RFK Jr. on Joe Rogan's show last week talking about how Pfizer and Big Pharma deceives the public and did a particularly nasty job of doing that uh, when it came to the COVID vaccine, which they told us was safe and effective. Wink, wink. The description of why the COVID vaccines were 100% effective and what they used to make that distinction. It's not, no, like explain that. Explain that because it's such a bizarre, the way they do it, it seems yeah, like it I should mean, be illegal. What, what they did with the COVID vaccine is they, they gave the COVID, for the, this is the Pfizer trial. We know a lot about the Pfizer trial because that was the one, that was, Pfizer was the one to get an approved vaccine. You know, it got the, it did another trick. It got one of its vaccines approved, the Cominarty vaccine, but that vaccine was not available in this country. 
But they were able to say to people, oh, we have an approved vaccine, and that made it okay for the colleges and everybody else to force you to take an emergency use authorization vaccine, which is illegal. Nobody can tell you to participate in a medical experiment. What they did is they had 22,000 people got the vaccine, 22,000 did it, and they have six months of data. Some of that is unblinded, but it's six months. And uh, during that six-month period, in the vaccine group, one person died of covid And in the placebo group, two people died from COVID. So that allows Pfizer to tell the public and, you know, FDA to tell the public, oh, this vaccine is 100% effective because two is 100% of one. Okay. Now, before I do anything else in today's show, I am not going to sit here and tell you that I know for a fact that everything that RFK laid out in that interview is completely true. Uh, I think he has a really good handle on this stuff, and we were doing a little background research. We couldn't straight up debunk anything, he said. Uh, But that is the point of interviews and counter-interviews and debate, which really is what sort of broke loose this weekend when Rogan, we'll get to it in a moment, uh, offered Hotez to debate RFK Jr. But a couple points that he made there that are worth repeating and really diving into. First off, the idea that Pfizer got immunity, meaning you cannot sue Pfizer, Pfizer, they got immunity for a vaccine that did not give you immunity, right? So the vaccine was sold. Remember Joe Biden, if you get this vaccine, you will not get or transmit COVID. Remember Rachel Maddow, we played that video last week, just lying repeatedly. Everyone, everyone from the machine, they did not know what they were talking about or they knowingly lied. And why is it that the wool got pulled over their eyes or they knowingly lied? Why didn't that happen to me? Why I'm on air every day, right? Why did I not fall for it? Some people did not. We, we were all pushed to the side, but some people were all in on it, hook, line, and sinker, or confused by it, or tricked up by it, or whatever else. But the point is, Pfizer itself got immunity for a vaccine that did not offer you immunity through a trial that went for six months, right? And on top of the fact that through warp speed, it was all pushed through very fast, right? That's something that Trump is gonna have, have to have a reckoning with one day. So that's one thing. So emergency use and warp speed and the fact that it wasn't tested long-term because they pushed it through. So how would they know what was really going to happen and what all the vaccine injuries were gonna be and what the efficacy was and everything else? If you remember the, the three crazy years of COVID, it was like every week, once, once we really started realizing that the, that the vaccines weren't working, every week it was like, okay, it's 100% effective. It's 97% effective. Ooh, this week it's 82% effective. Oh, 54%, 13. Oh, I'm not sure if it's working at all. Hot diggity dog. You also have to remember, and he mentions this there, that this mRNA technology uh, had never been used like this before, right? Gain of function research, where you take one virus and you mutate it, you gain a function of it. A virus has a function. You now gain a function. So you do something new to it altogether. And then we just decided to inject this into hundreds of millions of people all over the globe. I did not get vaccinated. My blood is pure. Your blood's pure. Your blood's pure. Your blood's pure. You guys want to go have a blood purity party later? (laughs) Anyway, uh, questioning, and this is what this is really all about, questioning all of this stuff, talking about the motivations of Pfizer and and the motivations of the government and the media and all that stuff. That's what this is really about. That's really what RFK is doing here. He also went further on, here we'll show clip number two, to explain to Rogan how the vaccine companies still profit off vaccines that they were pushing even in the 80s. Take a look. 
because Reagan caved in, and it wasn't just Reagan, it was the Democrats. My uncle was chairing the health committee at that time, and the Democrats also went along. They passed the Vaccine Act in 1986, and the Vaccine Act gave immunity from liability to all vaccine companies if you, for any injury, for negligence. No matter how negligent you are, no matter how reckless your conduct, no matter how toxic the ingredient, how shoddily tested or manufactured the product, no matter how grievous your injury, you, your vaccine company, you cannot be sued. So this was a huge gift for this industry because the, the biggest cost for every medical product is downstream liabilities. And all of a sudden, those have disappeared. So you're not only t- t- taking away that cost, but you're also and incentivizing the production of many new vaccines. You're also disincentivizing. You're removing the incentive to, to make them safe because no matter how dangerous they are, they don't care because they, they can't be sued. And then, then, but you may say, well, if they're really dangerous, then uh, nobody's going to buy them. But the problem with that is nobody has a choice. So they not only got rid of the, the downstream liability, but they don't have any advertising or marketing costs because the federal government is ordering 76 million people, essentially ordering 76 million kids to take the product a year. If you can get that on the schedule, it's like printing a billion dollars for you. Okay, so he's calling out both sides with this 86 bill signed by Reagan and pushed through by the Democrats. So that that is interesting, right? This was sort of bipartisan, that vaccine companies, pharma companies were not going to be liable. And then he's making a great point. Once you get rid of the liability, the companies are going to do all sorts of things, right? There's going to be all sorts of, sorts of fudges with the research and the science because they just want to get stuff to market because they want to make money. That is how it works. So you say to them, push it out as fast as possible. And then it's kind of beautiful when it comes to something like COVID because even if people don't want to take it, we will work with corporations to force people to take it. So you remember that OSHA mandate? If you were a company of over a thousand, was it over a thousand people or over a hundred people? Do you remember? It was a hundred people. If it was, if you had a company that was over a hundred people, they could force you to force your employees to take uh, the COVID vaccine. So we're going to take away the uh, the liability. So God only knows what's in this shit. And we're going to force you people to take it. And we're going to make sure that kids have to take it to get into school, get into college and everything else. I mean, what a freaking racket. Now, speaking of rackets, there were some people all along the way uh, that were not trying to convince people to take vaccines, that were basically saying, I think I'm pretty sure you will not find one video of me saying anything other than you should do what you think is right for you. You have to think about your age and your weight and how much risk you want to take. And do you have any other comorbidities and all of those things? You may remember that at one point, Joe Rogan said on his show uh, that he took ivermectin. And he was told, and mainstream media went bananas with it, that Joe Rogan was taking horse dewormer to stop himself from taking COVID. And he's killing people because other people will take horse dewormer for getting rid of COVID. Rogan mentioned that to RFK as well. How it actually works, how the system actually works to go against people that are dissenters. I have no questions because I was in the middle of it. I saw it. I saw it happen. I saw the CNN thing where they made my face yellow and said I was taking <laughs> horse medication, which is that the most – to say that and to repeat that over and over again is such a clear indication that they conspired. It's such a – because it's, it's uniform. It's horse dewormer. Uniform. 
a medication that's used far more often on human beings. It's been prescribed to for, billions. Yeah, it's insane. And the uh, fact and that won, and won the Nobel Prize for for efficacy in humans. Yeah, in humans. Yeah, it was wild. It was just but wild. They had, to they had to do it. They had to discredit ivermectin. Because, you know, uh, because there's a federal law, the federal law, the emergency use authorization statute says that you cannot issue, you cannot issue an emergency use authorization to a vaccine if there is an existing medication that has been approved for any purpose that, ha that is demonstrated effective against the target illness. So they had to destroy ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and discredit and they had to tell everybody it's not effective because if they had acknowledged that it's effective in anybody the whole 200 billion dollar vaccine enterprise would have collapsed looking back guys and now connecting the dots doesn't this all make sense now that you know that what rfk just said right there which is true when they do these emergency authorizations if anything else is out there that is proven to work against what they're going for the emergency authorization on they can't do the emergency authorization. Now there's a whole bunch of money tied up in Pfizer and everything else, right? Johnson and Johnson even, they weren't doing mRNA technology, Moderna, et cetera. They want the government to use emergency authorization knowing they have no liability. Uh, they wanna get it in as many arms as possible and I guess they'll, they'll see what happens after. But that explains, do you remember that? You remember that time? We, we definitely covered it on the show when Rogan was talking about it. And they're literally on CNN saying Rogan's going to kill people. Anyone who talks about ivermectin was getting booted off Twitter and off Facebook. Well-known doctors were being kicked off all of these things just for saying, hey, guys, maybe you actually don't have to take this experimental mRNA to, uh, vaccine. Uh, maybe there's some other ways to deal with this. And now you understand why, because literally had that gotten out, had more people gotten to critical mass on that there were alternative ways to deal with COVID, maybe a little sunlight, maybe just eating right, maybe not being obese, et cetera, et cetera, then they would not have been able to push it out and get that vaccine into everybody's arms. By the way, uh, just FYI, I took ivermectin. When we got to Florida, I got to Florida, I'll never forget the day, December 17th, 2021. I tested positive for COVID the next day, so I must've had it in LA. David tested positive. I think Clyde was okay, but we both tested positive. We got ivermectin that day. And for me with COVID, my legs hurt for about three days. That was it. I was outside playing ball, walking the dog, doing everything else. David was a little more sick, but the point is uh, I was not taking horse dewormer. It is, that is one of the uses for it, but it's also used in Africa to get rid of all sorts of diseases. But okay, so be it. What gets us to what happened to this weekend? Well, uh, RFK uh, mentioned uh, to Joe Rogan that uh, vaccinologist, that's an actual word, scientician and vaccinologist, Peter Hotez refuses to debate him. Now, again, Peter Hotez is a doctor who has uh, pushed vaccines. He's written books about vaccines. He was pushing the COVID vaccine and he has been on Rogan's show many times. So Rogan was interested in, was interested in, hey, why don't you guys chat? Here you go. Have you had anyone debate you publicly about any of these? They, nobody will debate me for 18 years. Nobody will debate me. In fact, I've scheduled many, many debates and I've asked Hotez many, many times to debate me. And I think you've asked him here, why don't you debate Robert Kennedy? And he said, because he's a cunning lawyer or something like that. Mm, but, um, yeah. but I've debated Hotez on the telephone 
with, uh, you know, with kind of a referee. And, uh, you know, I, his, his science is, is, is just made up. He cannot stand by it. He can't cite studies. Well, he was trying to tell me that vaccines don't cause autism. Okay, so Peter Hotez, again, he's been on Rogan a couple times. He actually wrote a book about how vaccines do not cause autism because his daughter has autism and was vaxxed. And then he wrote a whole book about how it had nothing to do with each other. Now, that's separate from the COVID vaccine specifically. Uh, but let's dive into a little bit more about who Peter Hotez is and how this debate then turned so hot over the weekend. But before we do that, let me talk to you guys about Home Title Lock. Uh, guys, the deed to our homes is the only document that proves you own it. The problem is the deeds to all our homes are online right now. A criminal can find, forge your signature, and refile as the new owner of your home. Then they'll take out loans using your home's equity and leave you in debt. You won't know until collection notices show up on loans that you never took out. Homeowner's insurance doesn't cover you and neither do common identity theft programs. Home Title Lock is your peace of mind that the deed to your home is protected. Go to hometitlelock.com slash Dave and use promo code Dave. Enter your address for a no obligation home title scan to see if you're already a victim. That's a $100 value absolutely free. Be sure to use my promo code Dave for your free title scan at hometitlelock.com slash Dave. Promo code Dave. Okay. So who is Dr. Peter Hotez? Well, he's a vaccine scientist, he's an author, and he combats, this is according to his own bio, he combats anti-science, uh, no, sorry, <laughs> I'll read it straight up. Vaccine scientist, author, combat anti-science and professor of pediatrics, molecular virology. Okay, that's a lot of words. The guy's got a pedigree. Okay, that's nice. Now, as I said, he has been on Rogan twice both times during COVID, discussing COVID, discussing vaccines, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, in this first clip we're gonna show you, uh, Rogan did grill him a bit when it came to pushing vaccines and general health and diet and vitamins and everything else, because Rogan was, to his credit, always somewhat skeptical about all of this stuff. Do you take care of your immune system in other ways? Do you take probiotics? Are you cautious about your diet? Um, I'm not as cautious about my diet as I should be. I'm a junk foodaholic, uh, actually. Well, that seems um, like a terrible thing for your health. It, it is a terrible thing for my health and something my wife is uh, working on. But that seems basis. ridiculous for someone who works with health. Yeah. Yeah. What's Somet going on with you, man? Sometimes, man, I just don't Sometimes. get it right. <laughs> Do you take vitamins? I don't take vitamins. Really? Yeah. I don't wow. Take, I don't think they do. I don't think they're needed. Because most in the, Amer in the American, what? in the American, hold up, hold up, hold up. You don't think they're needed while you're eating junk food? Well, think, ho hopefully, I'm not only eating junk food. Okay, right? but you know, there's a large body of clinical mm -hmm. research on the efficacy of vitamins, mm -hmm. especially vitamins D, vitamins. I, B, I have taken vitamin D for periods, for and the recommendation of my internist. Yeah. Yeah. What about essential fatty acids, which mm -hmm. are great for your brain? Fish oil. Uh, all these different things that are fantastic. Uh, I'm, for I'm not going to. I'm not going to argue with you. What you is got, going you, on with you, 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 got, you got it. Hand, you got, on, you got it over me. Okay, so I thought that was just like an interesting moment to frame some of this. Like you, there, you have a doctor who's whatever. He's a little overweight. Okay, so be it. But he's basically telling you he's addicted to junk food and he doesn't take vitamins. But here he is on these shows, and believe me, he was all over MSNBC and CNN and all the usual suspects for three years, basically pushing vaccines on people. And remember. 
Remember all that time during COVID why we kept asking, why, why are they not having more nutritionists on? Why are they not having more fitness experts on? Why are they telling people to stay at home and not go outside and not get sun so you get some vitamin D, take more care of yourself. Instead, they're telling everyone, stay at home, order in, get fat. Like none of it made any sense. And here you have a guy, you know, it's not to make it about his diet specifically, but it, that is connected to something, right? So now I want to jump to another interview uh, that Rogan did a little bit after that by a guy by the name of Andrew Huberman. And he's a neuroscientist and tenured associate professor in the Department of Neurobiology and Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences at Stanford University School of Medicine. And here he is talking about how crazy and sort of maddening it was to have Hotez on his podcast. Like if you want to optimize your health, yeah, right. supplements are very beneficial. Very beneficial, but I think for you and me, it's a, it's a, it's a duh. But I think for a lot of people out there, it's they they seem to think that there's something unique about prescription drugs that is makes them better than supplements. Well, that's because yeah. they've been lied to. Yeah. I mean, well, that's that's the real problem is that the corporations who control these prescription drugs and sell these prescription drugs and sell advertising on television have got it into people's heads. That's why it was maddening when I had Peter Hotez on the podcast and he was talking to me about the importance of vaccination. I said, do you exercise? How do you eat? What, do you take vitamins? And there was zero going on with him. He goes on walks occasionally. Yeah. I mean, there Physicians was some, yeah. junk food. He wasn't taking vitamins. So, okay, so that was obviously Rogan uh, talking about the frustration, not Huberman. Uh, but you see the point there. There's this odd asymmetry between, oh, there are things you can do for yourself that are within your capacity as a human that actually don't cost a ton of money. In some cases, no money, like take a walk and get some sunshine, fish oil supplements. You know, these are not expensive things, basic vitamins, a multivitamin, et cetera. But we just did not talk about all of these things. So now why am I telling you all of this? Why are we rehashing all of this COVID stuff, knowing that many of you are red-pilled already on this. That's a pill you should be taking, the red pill. Uh, well, now let's get into what happened over the weekend. Here is a tweet from Dr. Peter Hotez. This is what sparked the entire thing. Spotify has stopped even sort of trying to stem Joe Rogan's vaccine misinformation. It's really true, Anna Merlin, just awful. And from all the online attacks I'm receiving after this absurd podcast, it's clear many actually believe this nonsense. Now, the, the absurd podcast he's referring to, of course, is RFK on Rogan. Now, remember, he's also claiming that uh, Rogan is spreading misinformation on Spotify, but he had no problem going on Rogan's show to say whatever it is that he wanted to say. So, Anyway, now we're going to go into a whole bunch of tweets here. Rogan then responded to that. And, and this is really where the thing caught fire. He said, Peter, if you claim what RFK Jr. is saying is misinformation, I am offering you $100,000 to the charity of your choice if you're willing to debate him on my show with no time limit. Hotez then responded to that. Joe, you have my cell, my email, and I'm always willing to speak to you. Then Rogan responded, this is a non-answer. I challenged you publicly because you publicly quote tweeted and agreed with that dog shit vice article. If you're really serious about what you stand for, you now have a massive opportunity for a debate that will reach the largest audience a discussion like this has ever had. If you think someone else is better qualified, please suggest that person. 
So you could see this thing was starting to percolate. Then Elon Musk got involved, and this is where it started sort of breaking into a new uh, level. Elon then responded to Joe and said, he's afraid of public debate because he knows he's wrong. Then Peter Hotez responded to Rogan. Joe, if you are serious about addressing vaccines and the fact that 200,000 unvaccinated Americans needlessly perished during our awful Delta BA1 COVID waves, including 40,000 in our state of Texas, because they fell victims to vaccine disinformation, I want to have that discussion. Then Rogan responded, again, I'm going to ask you very clearly, are you willing to debate Robert Kennedy Jr. on my podcast? Then this guy, Tom Nichols, who's a staffer at The Atlantic, I think he's occasionally on MSNBC, he responded with this. And you can now start to see how the lines were being drawn on what side people are on. Uh, he said, no medical professional should ever agree to do this. Never. It elevates the conspiracy guy, demeans the medical professional, and will only convince the kooks out there that, J that RFK is right because a real doctor took the time to debate him. Never debate a conspiracy theorist. Ugh. Rogan saw that and Rogan said, that would be a great suggestion if you could assure that the industry you were representing wasn't completely captured by heartless monsters who have a history of some of the biggest criminal fines in human history because their deceptions has cost hundreds of thousands of people their lives. It would be a great suggestion if the industry you were defending didn't occasionally look at humans be didn't occasionally look at human beings as an opportunity to generate insane wealth regardless of the tragic consequences. But you can't do that. So maybe it would be a good idea to have a fucking debate. Okay, so now you can sort of see what's going on here. We're gonna do a little more in just a sec, but you can see what's going on here. Rogan is basically saying, hey, Hotez, you're basically calling for me to be banned from Spotify, even though I've had you on my show to present your side, and then I had RFK on my show to present the other side. So let's just, let's just debate. And then you can see a whole bunch of people, because this Tom Nichols guy wasn't the only one, a whole bunch of people, Mehdi Hassan from MSNBC and others, basically like, no, you don't debate conspiracy theorists. And this is what they've done with everybody, right? They label you a conspiracy theorist, or you're a racist, or a bigot, or a homophobe, or a transphobe, so that they don't have to debate you, right? That's basically how everything has operated for the last couple of years. And I think enough people have now seen that, that then this thing really started to catch fire. So what was next here? Then I decided to get involved. I, I felt, could we add a little humor to this thing? Uh, so I said this, I said, I will donate $100,000 for Peter Hotez to fight Anthony Fauci to the death in Thunderdome. Joe Rogan can do play-by-play. -play, and there, of course, is the recently passed, oh, I loved her so much, Tina Turner as Auntie from uh, Thunderdome. Remember where you are. This is Thunderdome. Death is listening. Now then, uh, many people took that tweet seriously. Many thousands of people thought I was being serious about that, putting $100,000 into this thing. And this guy, Chief Nerd, who sort of looks at oh, what's going on online and you know tells people, okay, here are the things, the cool things happening online right now. Uh, he tweeted this out. And this is where it started getting nutty. The Peter Hotez RFK Jr. charity debate pot is up to $860,000. Please add any other contributions I missed in the comments. There was the 100,000 from Rogan. This guy, Bill Ackerman, threw in 150. Uh, Ruben report was good for 100, although mine involved a rusty chainsaw and I'm fairly certain is illegal in every state but Florida. Uh, Patrick Bet David, my buddy, threw in 100. Uh, this Kirsch guy threw in 100. We got 50 from Jason Howerton. Uh, Jason Kalanakis from, uh, from the All In Pod. 
Todd, 10 grand, and 250 uh, from this guy, Nick Mugal, and then he referenced all the tweets there. Then, as if that wasn't all crazy enough. So these are, the rest of them, I think, were being serious. They were gonna throw the money in. Again, mine was about the Thunderdome. I mean, we're talking about a guy with a rusty screwdriver going after a guy with an ax, and they're on trapeze, and it's a whole situation. Then Andrew Tate, we've talked about Andrew Tate on the show. Andrew Tate got involved, he wrote this. I'll add 500K, but I also want to state a lot of the nerds who are anti-vax now were total COVID pussies at the start. A lot of them even took the vaccine. So I wanted to clear that up because as you guys know, I did not take the vaccine. I did not force anyone to take the vaccine. I tweeted this out and this was one of my favorite moments from all of the COVID insanity. I said, for the record, I never got vaxxed, never asked any of my employees to get vaxxed and moved my family and two companies out of California during COVID. I also had this fine moment on Fox. Are you a good, decent citizen? Are you vaccinated? It's nobody's business whether I'm Uh vaccinated. That's like me asking you the last time you got laid. I mean, it's just irrelevant. Okay, then... That was a pretty sweet moment, and nobody wants to know the last time she got laid. Uh, Jordan Peterson got involved, too. He retweeted me. He said he'll throw in $100,000 if they fight naked. So if you wanted to see Anthony Fauci and Peter Hotez fight naked, that's another hundred grand from Jordan Peterson. Anyway, the internet was just bubbling with this. Like, it was the thing online. Okay. So then, yesterday... Uh, yeah, it had 2017 energy. Like when the internet, when Twitter was fun and cool and people were fighting and offering to debate each other, there was something happening. Everyone could kind of feel it because it was like, oh, all the bullshit artists and the censorious people and the people who get wrong everything, they're kind of being exposed in real time and you can see how they operate. They say things they don't want to be challenged. Then they give you reasons why they can't talk to you and all of these other things. Anyway, Hotez then last night went on the televised mental institution, MSNBC, on this real whack job, this, you know, and it's hard to pick who's the craziest whack job. Yes, the craziest whack job at MSNBC is, what's her name? Uh, What the hell's her name? Joy Reid. But this guy's on the list too. This is Mehdi Hassan. So Hotez went on Mehdi Hassan's show to explain why he would not debate RFK Jr. I don't know if you've agreed to debate or not, My advice is not to, and people might find that surprising because I wrote a book about debate, but I just think there's a time and a place for a debate. I don't think a historian of World War II should debate a Holocaust denier. I think just, you know, that's that's my analogy here. Like, I don't think these debates between experts and cranks do anything other than elevate the cranks. Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, there are certain things you debate. I understand what a debate about 18th century Enlightenment philosophy is and, and debating Rousseau and Bishop, Bishop Barclay. I understand what political debates are. But in science, we don't typically do debates. What we do is we write scientific papers. We present our findings in front of a critical audience of our peers to solicit their their input and, and suggestions. But it's you know, one doesn't typically debate science, maybe the one-off discussion of evolution versus creationism and that sort of thing but that's not what we do in science robert kennedy jr is an environmental lawyer uh, i wouldn't expect to de- him to debate me on environmental law and i don't see why anyone would think that you would debate you know it's really bizarre you can only talk to or debate people who are experts in a specific thing you can't have debates with people who have fairly decent knowledge to say the least about certain things that maybe not may not be their pure area of expertise Also, the way Mehdi Hassan, who is just such an awful propagandist at a giant network, the way he frames it, that that RFK Jr. is the conspiracy theorist and the crank. 
Well, if that was true, and now that this thing had sort of become much bigger because of all the money that was offered to be thrown in because the way the whole internet was looking at it, maybe Hotez could be like, you know what though, in this case, this thing does feel like it has like a seminal teaching moment and I'll go in there and debunk some of the things he said. By the way, I did watch the entire segment, which is very painful to watch anything on MSNBC, like a full segment of it. At no point did they debunk anything that he said. Like, why wouldn't you just do what we do on this show every day? Think how easy it would be if the truth was on their side. Think how easy it would be for Hotez to do this literally from home or Mehdi Hassan with his team, how they could just take clips like we take them, take the quote unquote lies and conspiracy theorists and crank nonsense from RFK Jr. and then just show us the stats, show us the numbers, tell us the truth, show us the experts who can counter it. But of course they don't do that. They just dismiss it. He's a crank and then they somehow go, oh, it's like debating a Holocaust denier. That's what they do with everything. So why are we all so skeptical of the machine? Why are we skeptical of their surrogates like this Mehdi Hassan guy and their big pharma shills like Hotez? Well, maybe, maybe guys, and maybe I'm just nuts, but maybe it's because of the severe, endless, ad nauseum lying that occurred for the last three years from the top down. Which brings me to Anthony Fauci. RFK told uh, Rogan a little bit about the time he first met Anthony Fauci. 2016, Donald Trump asked me to serve on a vaccine safety commission, and I agreed to do it. And I and he then ordered Fauci and Collins to meet with me and, you know, Peter Marks at FDA and all that. So I had meetings with all these guys. So, you know, I said to him, Tony, you've said, been telling people I'm a liar. When I say no vaccine has ever been, none of the mandated vaccines, what they call recommended, they're actually mandated in many of the states. I said, none of them have ever been tested against uh, in a placebo-controlled trial and a safety test prior to, to licensure. And I said, can you show me one vaccine that has been subject to a safety test? Show me one study that shows that. And he made it this show of looking through a red well. They had brought in from NIH this big tray full of file folders, and he made a, a show of kind of looking through that at the time, but he couldn't find whatever he was looking for. So then he said, it's back at NIH in Bethesda, and I'll send it to you. Well, he never did. So Aaron and I sued him, sued HHS, and, and said, show us one study that's ever been done on you know, pre-licensing safety testing for vaccines. And after a year of stonewalling, they finally gave us a letter and said, we don't have any. Does that guy strike you as a crank and a conspiracy theorist? Does that story ring true to you or not? Did he actually do the lawsuit? Yeah, he did. We checked. Do you get it? Do you get it? Now watch as we very smoothly move into a wonderful compilation of Anthony Fauci lying about everything. But they're really criticizing science because I represent science. If you're vaccinated, you really don't need to worry about getting it in a way that's serious or transmitting it. That is true. That is correct, Chris. Italy to protect you completely against infection, and the chances are very likely that you'll not be able to transmit it to other people. The risk is extremely low of transmitting it to anybody else. Full stop. Vaccinated people are clearly capable of transmitting the infection when you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel 
a little bit better. If people are not wearing masks, then maybe we should be mandating it. I often myself wear two masks. And I'm quoting you now, at the population level, masks work at the margins maybe 10%. To hear that they only work at the margins maybe 10% would make a lot of people ask, okay, then why was I wearing a mask? You're really attacking not only Dr. Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science. When you say that this is going to go away tomorrow like magic, when you know that there's no chance it's going to just disappear. We hope this just goes away, burns itself out. So my question is, why weren't you straight with the American people about this to begin with? So the bottom line is, it's a guesstimate. I gave a range. It seemed in that quote to suggest that you were basing your uh, your recommendation on polling and what people could accept. Is that not what you meant? No, I mean, it, it's a bit of that. Guys, this video goes on for about five minutes. We, we shortened it for the purposes of the show today. But that thing, I am the science. It is literally... Emperor Palpatine in Revenge of the Sith. I am the Senate. It's treason then. These people are completely out of control. One more on Fauci here because uh, this was early on in COVID. Uh, You remember a guy by the name of Don Lemon? Does that ring a bell to any of you guys? I I don't remember exactly who he was. I guess he was on CNN. Uh, Here he is uh, hosting Anthony Fauci and Fauci's not happy because Trump refuses to issue a lockdown order faster. And here in the United States, we are still not doing what we need to do to fight this deadly virus because of a complete lack of leadership. The president still won't issue a nationwide stay at home order. Dr. Anthony Fauci bluntly saying this tonight. I don't understand why that's not happening. As you said, you know, the tension between federally mandated versus states' rights to do what they want is something I don't want to get into. But if you look at what's going on in this country, I just don't understand why we're not doing that. We really should be. I love that clip because obviously Lemon is long since gone from CNN. Lemon had no knowledge whether lockdowns should work or not. Lockdowns were based on absolutely nothing. And we now know that the cost of lockdown, not only economically, but psychologically and everything else, has been absolutely disastrous on young people's mental health, on all of the small businesses that were closed and everything else. And there's Fauci. Now, Trump, I've been somewhat critical of Trump over the last couple months, right? Uh, But Trump was trying to keep the states open for the most part, and he did make some mistakes with this. He was trying to leave it in the hands of the state. Then there are moments like when Georgia wanted to open up early and he was going against it. So Trump is not, and then Trump, of course, did Operation War Speed. So he's not, you know, he is not bloodless on this thing. Uh, But in this case, Fauci was upset that he wasn't locking down more, even though, again, there is no end. Hotez come after me on this one. There is no scientific evidence whatsoever that lockdowns were going to work or ever have worked. Now you might go, Dave, why is it that these people get to go on these programs all the time and lie? Why do the lies always go in one direction? Why is it that only one set of person and people get deplatformed, but the people who lie over and over and over and over again Why is it that they're always on these television shows? Well, you know what? It might just be that pharmaceutical companies are paying for these TV shows. Hot diggity dog. Morning America is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. 
brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett Out Front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This weather report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. Meet the Press data download brought to you by Pfizer. This portion of CBS This Morning sponsored by Pfizer. On how to find the hidden sugars in the American family diet. Sponsored by Pfizer. (laughs) I know you know it, right? I know you know it, but a whole bunch of people don't know it. They refuse to see it. And even when you show them things like that, they still don't want to see it. One more clip of RFK on Rogan. They started talking about why pharma and the government and the media are all tied up together in this endless bukkake of insanity that is being sprung upon all of us. They are able to dictate content on television. So they can dictate content on the, you know, on the local And news. on YouTube. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That, that's a terrifying thing. And it's so deeply interwoven. The, the question that I would have to you is like, how do you untangle that? How well, that, you do one of these things at a time. And I, you know, I'm going to go in there and do it. I'm going to issue an executive order on day one saying there's no more advertising on TV. Now, FDA needs to implement that through the regulatory process, but I also know how the regulatory process works, and I know how to hasten it. I know how to make it work faster for the American people. So, you know, I... um, I don't... You know, I'm looking forward to doing this. I'm looking forward to telling FDA you're not taking pharma money anymore. We are not governed by the FDA. That is what I think RFK Jr. understands. And they put money into all of these programs, which then push their propaganda. And then they also, and this is the key part, they also have connections and the government has connections, as we now know because of the Twitter files, with all of the big tech companies, right? So not only do they push out and sponsor propaganda on mainstream media, but then for the people on YouTube, et cetera, et cetera, or just you at home just being like, you know, I did see this study. It's a little outside of what mainstream media, I'm going to put that on Twitter. Whoop, bang, it's gone. Oh, your YouTube channel's deleted, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's a double-edged sword. It's not a double-edged sword. It's a, double, it's a double-pronged sword, right? A double-edged sword would be hitting you both ways. This thing is pronged both ways. We're going we're gonna, to uh, sponsor propaganda, and we're also going to take out the people that are pushing against the propaganda. So the point is that the media, the pharmaceutical companies, and the government are all financially incentivized to propagandize and censor you. Now, I want to bring this back to one other thing that happened to me at the height of COVID, because when, again, looking back, these things all make sense. This is from Fox News in July of 2021. Political commentator Dave Rubin is firing back at Twitter after the tech giant locked him out of his account for allegedly violating its policy on spreading coronavirus misinformation. Everything I said in that tweet is true, Rubin told Fox News in an interview. Every single thing that I said in that tweet was true, and this is a complete continuation of silencing any sort of dissent. Anyone that questions the narrative is in a lot of trouble when it comes to big tech, and we better fight it because we're running out of time. The tweet that landed the Rubin Report host in hot water was in response to the Biden administration's evolving response to the pandemic. 
They want a federal vaccine mandate for vaccines, which are clearly not working as promised just weeks ago. People are getting and transmitting COVID despite the vax. Plus now they're prepping us for booster shots. A sane society would take a pause. We do not live in a sane society. Ruben tweeted Thursday evening, according to Twitter. However, that tweet was violated. Uh, that tweet violated its policy on spreading misleading and potentially harmful information related to COVID-19. They are lying. Ruben reacted on Twitter. So yes, I was right. That was weeks after, just literally weeks after Joe Biden said, you will not get nor transmit COVID if you get the vaccine. It obviously wasn't working. So I warned on that. I warned that mandates were coming and booster shots were coming. All those things happen uh, in the fall after that. And I was censored and you go, okay, well, there is a connection. They're sponsoring mainstream media, pushing vaccines. And at the, and at the same time, they're working with tech to silence the people that actually are pushing against it, okay? Robert F. Kennedy actually was another person who was severely censored during COVID. I thought this tweet was interesting from Rumble. During COVID, Robert F. Kennedy was primarily heard on Rumble. No other large platform can claim they did more than Rumble during COVID uh, for free expression. We will hold the line for free speech always. Uh, and then another interesting thing happened related to RFK Jr. And we see this all the time. You know, when someone starts gaining momentum, the system comes crashing down on you, right? This is, Rogan has lived through many versions of this, right? You start getting too influential. Next thing you know, they just want to take you out. It's what's happening to RFK right now. Dan Bongino posted this on Twitter. Uh, Mike Tyson posts censored interview with RFK Jr. on Rumble after YouTube censorship. Yes, that's right. Uh, Mike Tyson, boxer Mike Tyson, who's actually become a sort of interesting cultural critic. Uh, he interviewed RFK. They took it off YouTube, so he put it on Rumble. So now I want to end with one thing that will get us a little bit out of the day-to-day -day minutia, because I do think we can all get lost in that. It's important to know this stuff, but as always, you have to go ahead and you have to figure out a way to pilfer a little sanity into your own life. Go ahead and, and live your life as you see fit and protect your family and all that and know that there's all these things, there's all these problems, uh, but what can you do in the mix of it? It's not just that RFK is gonna save you. It's not just that Ron DeSantis is gonna save you or that Donald Trump is going to save you. Uh, RFK Jr.'s uncle, John F. Kennedy knew a little something about that and he knew a little something about what your role in saving this thing was all about. And so my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. That's it, that's it. The government, big tech, big pharma, big media, all of those things, they are not looking out for you. They are actually actively, I would say, going after you. But what you can do, and this is what I say about DeSantis all the time, I don't worship politicians, but when someone gets out there and does the right thing, I think it's incumbent on you as a decent citizen and as a decent human being to help them along the way. I think it's incumbent on us for whatever my political disagreements on say climate change or guns might be with RFK Jr. And we're getting him on the show soon, we'll discuss it. It's incumbent on me and maybe on you to defend him right now. Imagine this, imagine if RFK Jr. right now was the Democrat nominee for president, or let's say it wasn't gonna be Biden, right? So Biden gets out of the way, they figure out what they have to do with Kamala and it's that guy. Now it's not gonna be, but imagine if it was. And then imagine it was Ron DeSantis on the other side. And we had a robust 
debate about the role of government, but, but people who could agree on certain things, right? And then we had a debate on what direction we wanna go in. And are these people of an age? Are they of a certain degree of competency? Do they have a pedigree that, that is worthy of them being the president of the United States, the chief executive of the United States? Man, that would be healthy. I don't think we're gonna get fully there on the Democrat side. I think we might get there on the Republican side. We shall see. Uh, but guys, it is Monday, which means that it's Meme Monday over at the RubenReport.Locals.com community. Here's what I posted this morning. I got hairy legs. Hi, I'm Joe Biden. And of course, that is the elderly man pretending to be president. And it's the incapacitated man pretending to be senator from Pennsylvania, John Fetterman. Uh, we got a post-game show for you right now at RubenReport.Locals.com. My full interview with author, really great thinker, Rod Dreher. Uh, we did it live on location in Budapest, Hungary. Uh, that is up right now across platforms. We leave you, and if you need to mute this for the 45 seconds till we get to the post-game show, I don't blame you because you've seen it before, but it felt right to end with when we talk about corporate collusion and propagandists and people who sell out and a set of people who want to inject you with things even though they have no freaking idea what's in them and people who are just generally unfunny and just really unpleasant and shouldn't even be on television. And thankfully, I don't think this guy's on TV right now because of the writer's strike. Here's Stephen Colbert singing and demeaning himself about vaccines. Goodbye. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubenreport.locals.com.